facts. Kind of like saying goodbye to an old friend. titled this at the very beginning, <clears throat> A Church in Action, The Church in Action, I should say, and we've definitely seen that. <clears throat> we've seen how God has used Paul to travel all over the country at that time and share the gospel and seen the power of God to change people's hearts and their lives, and, <clears throat> and he still does that today. And I think sometimes we can, we kind of get in rut and just kind of live our own lives and don't pay attention to what's going on around us. And, and we need to be reminded every once in a while of the importance of, of you know, not, <clears throat> I mean, we, we do our devotions, we pray, we're, we're raising our family and we're, we're watching, you know, and helping our kids and we're coming to church, you know, but but we forget that that uh, the commission is to go out and to tell people about Christ and to uh, share the gospel when we get the opportunity and and encourage people to compel them to to trust Christ as their Savior and and uh, to to be a soul winner in in uh, telling people about the gospel and and truly how how good He is and how. We, we ought to do that. You know, and I find that uh, the more we do that and the bolder we are in, in telling others, uh, it seems to encourage other believers along the way. And, uh, you know, in that funeral yesterday and <clears throat> in presenting the gospel, and uh, I don't know how many uh, believers I had come up to me and just say that they were encouraged and they appreciated the gospel message and, and uh you just pray that that it seems to embolden them more too to get out and tell others and and uh, because truly it is Christ that changes people. That's it. And anything else is uh, uh, just an outward change, but God changes us from the heart, from the inside out, and uh, and gives us such promises. And so we we've seen Paul set the example, and and we've seen how. Christ has has uh, changed the world and used these men to go out and and share the gospel and how it has changed the world at that time and and still today doing the same thing. I, I never imagined and ours is small in in respect to others, but I never imagined the the outreach of of the live stream and reaching out to people and. You know, I've told you that I received a letter from a from a, a man that's a student at Oxford University in England, and I received a, a letter and and uh, uh, from a, a man that's a lawyer in San Jose, California, that watched it. I had a young lady in Austin, Texas, that was going to college there, saying that it was a Sunday night, and she watched our Sunday evening service, and she said, "I want you to know, I got my heart right." and uh, living for the Lord again, and, and it was all because of just running into the, you know, 
finding your 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 live stream and and you know it's amazing to me the how, how we can use the technology and the and the preachers that want to preach against that just really need to figure out life you know and uh, we need to we need to use the technology that we have to to reach those around us and you think of what a platform God has given us in that and and has blessed that and. Uh, you think of those that watched that funeral yesterday have heard the gospel message. They, uh, Kimberly's funeral a couple weeks ago, heard the gospel message. And uh, the, the services, you know, we, we've gained, because of some of those funerals here lately, we've gained a number of people watching the live stream on Sundays. And uh, so we just need to continue to share the gospel. We need to be, be bold in living righteously and, and standing up for what's right and what's holy and, and being what, what Paul was during that time. And, and there is a truth to it that uh, godly will suffer persecution, and that's okay. We need to continue to be bold in telling people the truth of, of what God's Word is. And, and so we got into chapter 27, and we saw I titled it Paul's Fourth Missionary Journey. Some say it, some don't, I, but it, it is a missionary journey. And, and uh, we see that he's on his way to Rome. And, and in chapter 27, we saw the, the shelter in the time of storm and how, how God in, in his uh, uh, sovereignty and in his power uh, delivered him safely to Rome. And then uh, we, we, uh, then we got into the, the opposition as he has, uh, uh, you know, those trying to keep him from getting there. And then we get into verse 16, and now we have uh, gotten to Rome, and we see this is his first uh, imprisonment here in Rome. We know he has an, an, another one a little later, and I'll explain that at the end. But it's here that he comes in front of the Jews that were there, and to uh, plead his case. And so that's what we're going to see in verses 16 through 20. And when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard, but Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him. And because he was a Roman citizen, he was given uh, 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 special care, and so they had a soldier that stayed with him. Can you imagine uh, listening to this guy, I, I am certain that Paul didn't just talk to him about the weather and uh, ask him about what it was like to be a soldier uh, in the Roman Roman army. But and I'm certain that all of the ones that stayed with him heard a lot about the gospel. And whether whether he's talking to them or whether he's talking to friends that came by to see him, uh, I mean that that was who Paul was, and and so. Uh, here he is, he's uh, dwelling with this soldier, and it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who, when they had examined me, would have let me go, because there was no cause of death in me. But when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained to appeal unto Caesar, not that I had ought to accuse my nation of. For this cause, therefore, have I called for you to see you and to speak with you. And then this important statement, because that for the hope of Israel, I am bound with this chain. 
What's the hope of Israel? Jesus. Jesus Christ is the hope for Israel. Still is. Jesus Christ is the hope for our country. Jesus Christ is the hope for our church, the, the hope for our community, the, 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 all of the hope that we have. And, and that word hope, we, we need to understand the word uh, and, and I mentioned this many times, but I want to make sure you understand it and get it. It isn't like, I hope the wind quits blowing. You know? I mean, I don't know about anybody else. It just puts you in a, it puts me in a bad mood. You know, you get up and it's like stinking wind is blowing today, you know, and, and, and nothing puts you in the house quicker than the wind blowing. You know, it gives you the sinus headache, you know, and your allergies are kicked up. The dust is blowing everywhere. I'd swept off this concrete. And now look at the, the, out here again, you know, half the driveway is on our rug right outside the door. And, and you know, but that, we hope it quits blowing, right? Well, that, that isn't the word. The, the word for hope in the New Testament, and when God is using it, it is a certainty. It's something that we can count on. It, it is the, the hope that we have of, of salvation. It's the hope of eternal life. It's the hope that one day when they put our body in the ground, that that our soul is forever with our Savior. And it is a certainty because God has stated it. God has laid it out in the Scriptures, and we know that, and we live by it. And and so here, knowing that Jesus is the answer. Some, sometimes I think we, we want to live, and we want to tell people that, hey, Jesus is the answer, and, and we want to tell them that, but we don't live that way. And and do we really trust him for not only our salvation, but do we trust him that he can deliver us from our issues? Can he deliver us from the bondage that's in our own heart and mind? And can, can he help with our wayward children? Can he, can he help with my job situation? Can he uh, uh, you know, help with the sickness that's going on in our family? Well, can he or can he? Yes, he can. There's a hope. There's a certainty. And, and we need to live that way. And, and Paul did. I mean, Paul was was as, as you know trying to convince them as as much as he could to uh, uh, see and understand the Messiah and who he was and 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 he was just telling them, look, he said the hope for Israel is Jesus. He's the Messiah, and and so we we need to we need to know that. And so he pled his case for them, and 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 uh, we see their lack of knowledge in verse twenty one. And they said unto him. We neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, neither any of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee. So typical, all these false accusers, whenever they found out he was a Roman citizen, they're like, whoop, we messed up. And so they quietly dispersed, and they thought back in Jerusalem they could have taken care of this because they had the politicians in their pocket and they had the power there, but they, they realized they probably just didn't have the power in Rome, and so here's Paul on this crazy journey to get there, and, and, and nobody from the, the Jews in, in Jerusalem sent anybody to represent their side of the story, and they said, we haven't heard anything. We don't know anything about what's going on, but we desire to hear of thee what thou thinkest, for as concerning this sect, this, this heresy, this cult, that, that's more or less there. We, we really want to hear about this because we know that everywhere it is spoken against. You know, um, we, we know that when, when Paul wrote Romans, he made this statement. He said in Romans chapter 8 and verse 35, he said, 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, you go back and you think of that statement that they made and they said, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. You know, we... we <clears throat> Sometimes also we, we fall into a trap of where, where we, we strive to be popular and, and, and we strive to, to be popular with the community. We strive to be popular with, with other people. We, we strive to be popular with the world. And, and I'm not saying that we go out and, and we walk around with a chip on our shoulder and, and we don't go around looking for trouble, but, but the thing is, is we're, we're living in a devil's world. And if everybody is liking us, then there might be a problem with that. And, and we need to realize that, that God has always used the, major, the minority to persuade the majority. And, and, and he's always used the few to, to, to upset the entire world. And, and here we need to get past this idea that, that we need to be some, you know, rock show superstar uh, preacher, you know, that, and, and church that, that's vogue in the community and, and, and uh, so cool with everybody out there. And, and instead, we need to make sure that we're looking only for the applause of one. And we need to make sure that we're doing what it is that God wants us to do. And, and, and there, there's going to be opposition. There is opposition. I mean, there's, there's constant opposition going on and and Satan trying to hinder the gospel message and trying to stop us from doing the things that we're doing. But, but I just praise the Lord for the power of God. And, and we need to stand for his righteousness and his gospel and his truth and his word and make sure that we stand on that. And here, they so the, the statement that they were making is not one that was new to, to Paul. And it, it's not new to us today either. I don't know if you... If you read, but I think it's over in Nigeria, another pastor just lost his head. <clears throat> and and uh, they, they went in and raided the church and took the man, and now they found him, and he, and he died. And, and uh, you know, there, there, are, there are more people. I, I receive an article, a, a paper, every, a periodical every once in a while, and, and there, there are more people being martyred now than I think in any time in Christendom except during the time of Paul. I mean the the martyrs that are for Christianity, and and now I know that there are probably uh, you know some that are considered Christian are are included in that, but anybody that says the word Christ are are in many countries are losing their head, and and so, but here we see that uh, we know that that's the case, and the Jews and their lack of knowledge, and but then we go on and we see that Paul preached to them, and we see their reaction to that. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him into his lodging. I, you imagine Paul's attitude? It's like, Lord, I'm going to get to preach to these guys. And not only that, but they're coming to me. And, and so they say, yeah, we want to meet up with you. We want to hear about this. So they come, many of them come to his lodging to whom he expounded 
and testified the kingdom of God. He explained it. He declared it. He, he charged them. He warned them. He adjured them. He, he wanted them to know everything about the, the kingdom of God and persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening, all day long. He preached to them Jesus. I mean, th- this man... You want to be centered and, 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 and you want God to be first in your life, then, then maybe we ought, to, we, we ought to take a challenge in our own hearts and lives and ask ourselves, could we stand in front of a bunch of Jews and preach to them Jesus from the, from the law and from the prophets of the Old Testament? Could we do that all day? I mean, I, 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 I would actually, I need to do some more studying. <laughs> and... But here, but even still, if we just had people today where, could we just give them the gospel? Could we talk to them and preach to them Jesus all day long, even using the New Testament and, and, and telling them about what the Word of God says and, and oh, how we ought to be willing to do that. And, and here Paul was doing that. And what an example he gave to us as he, as he preached to them. And, and then we see their reaction. And some believed the things which were spoken. Some chose to allow God to have the throne of their hearts. Some of them said, yes, Christ, you, you are real, and you are the Messiah, and, and yes, I need to come to you, and yes, I need to place my faith in you, and, and yes, you're the one that gives me salvation, and, and I'm calling upon you to be my Savior. There were many that did that. But then it also said, and some believe not. And I, I find this interesting that that the, the word to describe this believing not is, is they were faithless. They just were faithless. Had no faith. None. Zero. Didn't want to place any faith in, in that Messiah, and they walked away. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed. And so they left. And so some chose to die in their sins rather than trust Christ as their Savior. And then we see God's judgment upon them. (laughs) After that, Paul had spoken one word, well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet under our fathers. And that's a quote from, and what we're going to see is a quote from Isaiah 6, verses 9 and 10, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. You know, talk about opposition. There, there was a time back where, where our church was accused of, of uh, condemning people to hell, and uh, a man left because he was all upset because he said, look, pastor, you condemn people to hell. And, and uh, he didn't tell me this. You know, he, he finds somebody in our membership and, and corners them and talks to them about it instead, you know. But maybe one of these days I should talk to him. But, but, uh, and the guy had a great, great explanation for it. He said, pastor doesn't condemn anybody to hell. We don't condemn anybody to hell. It's one that rejects Christ, condemns themselves to hell. And all we do is state the facts. And here, 
God, God is the one that does the condemnation. And, and, and honestly, the, the judgment's made because of their own fault and their own unbelief. Now, in this, these unbelievers, they, they walk away. And, and even in, as in Isaiah, this is given a warning to the ten tribes of Israel. And as Isaiah was prophesying to them, and, and, he, and he was telling them that because of, of these things, because you don't want to see, because you don't want to hear, because you, you, you are afraid that if you do follow God that, that uh, you're going to lose out on something, but because of that, the Assyrians are coming, they're going to take you away. You're going to lose your identity because of your rebellion. And here, he's telling them more or less the same thing. Because of your rejection of the Messiah, you're, you're not going to be just taken away, but, but you, are, you are choosing you are choosing to die in your sins rather than be healed of what's going on in your life. And God, I do believe, came to a point with these people and said, you're not going to understand. You don't want to? I'm not going to let you. you you're, you're not going to hear. Fine, you're dull of hearing. Okay, so then you're not going to hear it. You know, I do believe there is a time where, where when someone continues to reject and reject and reject and reject, where God says, fine, I'll give you what you want. I'll leave you alone. And, and, and the conviction is gone, and their conscience is seared, and their heart is hard. They no longer are going to be hearing of the convicting power of the Holy Spirit in their life. And here I believe that many of those were the same way. And so Paul was giving them a warning and, and telling them, you know, and, and you know what it tells me too? I mean, here he is, he, he's in front of a group that could still condemn him to death. He still tells them the truth. And he lays it out there and, and does exactly that. And so here we see that, you know, I, I, yeah, I'll move on. I don't want to bring that up. I'm, I was going to talk about politicians, but I'm going to just leave them out. <clears throat> but anyway, so here we see that, that Paul gives them the truth. And, and then we go on, and, and, and he pronounces the judgment on them, but then, he, then, then we see God is going to expand the gospel. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reasoning among themselves. Oh, there was great discussions and disputes about what at all that, that he was saying. And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him. And, and that word received has, and, and I'm, I'm not sure why our translators didn't give it to us, but it means happily received. I mean, he was happy to, whoever wanted to come and see him, hey, it's great to see you. And then you, do you know Jesus? And, and if you know Jesus, then you need to get out there and you need to be telling others about him. And, and you, need to, you, you need to understand time is short and that, that the gospel is powerful and you need to tell them and preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. You know, it's, it's said that it's right at this time that that he had written a letter to, to the Ephesians. And you remember, one of the things that he had, he had asked the Ephesians, the, the, the church there in Ephesus, in the last chapter, right at the end of the, uh, of the book, this is what he had, had written to the Ephesians. He said, and, and for me, that, and he's talking about praying for me and for me, 
that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I would think that God answered that prayer. I would think that God gave him the boldness to stand there and preach the truth. And, and it tells us, and, and there's just speculation now of, of everything that happened of how he got out of here, but since uh, it seems apparent that since nobody ever stood up and, and said this is why he should lose his life, it's said that, that he was released. And so he was released to, to be able to be free again, and it, and it tells us through the Scripture, and you guys can go back and study this for yourself, as I have, but it tells us that since they didn't show up, that he was uh, given his freedom, says that he left there, and then he went back to Ephesus, and while he was there at Ephesus, he left Timothy, then to pass through the church there in Ephesus, and, and then he left Ephesus, and, and he went into Macedonia, and after he had left Ephesus and left Timothy, went into Macedonia, then he wrote 1 Timothy. And then he left uh, Macedonia and he went into Crete. And when he went into Crete, he left Titus. And he left Titus there to pastor the church that, and, and uh, oversee that, the, the church that was there in uh, 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 Crete. And then he went to Nicopolis. And here it is that he wrote his letter to Titus to encourage Titus about uh, how to pastor and, and the things that he needed to look for. And, and then it says that he went to Troas, and from Troas there he was arrested again, and it was there that he was brought back to Rome, and while he was in prison that time, he wrote Second Timothy, and we know then it was shortly after that that he was beheaded. But never did he, never did he stop doing what it was that he was called to do. You know, let us do that until we have no breath left. Let, let our church stand and, and, and let us always be reaching out to the next generation and that next younger generation so that when we're dead and gone, that next generation is doing what we're doing. And, and as, long as, there's, as long as God continues to show mercy on this earth, that there is a church in Fort Morgan that is still perpetuating the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's still those that are... are truly descendants of, of this man, Paul, who went out and preached the gospel. And somebody got saved. And then that person went on to preach the gospel. And somebody else got saved. And then somebody else and somebody else. And that is exactly what God wants to do. Oh, if he wanted to, he could, he could, he could stand up in heaven and declare his glory from heaven and tell everyone that they needed to trust him, but he doesn't do that. He chooses to use broken vessels. Broken vessels like Paul, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all the other, the, the, the 11 disciples, and, and, and Paul included, and, and uh, along with that, uh, Aristarchus and some of those other guys, and, and he still chooses to use us the same way. The church in action. He said it here and showed us how to go about doing our business. Let's keep doing it. And let's continue to be the church that God blesses as we follow in obedience to him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you that we see your power and how you display it in using vessels. Vessels like us that are 
not perfect in any way, but willing and obedient. And I pray that you help us to continue to see the need and be willing to stand up and be bold in our faith and encourage believers and witness to those that are unbelievers. Guide us now and direct us. We thank you, Lord, for this book of Acts. And help us, Father, to always be a church in action. We love you. We pray your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.